Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Welcome in, everybody, to the BSN Nuggets podcast, presented by InWeGo, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can for only $39 per month. No additional costs or fees. You heard that right. No additional fees. Literally hundreds of events for $39 a month. For instance, the next few weeks, you can hit up Avs or Stars, Rockies versus Phillies, CU versus UCLA this weekend. You can head to the Denver Fall Whiskey Festival, Westward Feast, or the big, wonderful beer fest. We're talking concerts, beer tastings, food fests, comedy shows, 5Ks, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that InWeGo can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We've partnered with InWeGo to give BSN listeners a great deal. So if you go to InWeGo.com backslash BSN, or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. When you subscribe, you'll get 50% off your first month. That's right. All events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Seriously, you cannot beat that, guys. Try it and fall in love with it like we all did at BSN Denver. Go to inwego.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. And with that, welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by Inwego, the subscription that can get you into almost any event in Denver. I'm Harrison Wind, another solo cast today from San Diego. Nuggets had their second training camp practice this morning at San Diego State University. Thursday's practice, Friday's practice, and Saturday's practice are left before they play their preseason opener. It's only four days away, guys, against the Lakers here in San Diego. LeBron James debut in a Lakers jersey just four days away, and it sounds like he's going to play, and it's going to be against the Denver Nuggets. Pretty crazy that that's just around the corner. A lot to get to on today's show. I will get to Michael Malone's comments from practice today, just like I played those on the show on Tuesday. Also got some comments from Paul Millsap about this Nuggets defense this year. Paul Millsap has big-time aspirations for this Nuggets defense, as you probably would expect him to. Just a little teaser. I asked him how good can this defense be. He said his goal is for the Nuggets to be a top five defense this season. Don't know how realistic that is. I've been on record that I think the Nuggets defense can definitely surprise some people this year. Michael Mullen agreed with that assessment, but I don't know about top five. I'd say top 15, a league average defense is a much more attainable goal, but hey, you can't fault a guy like Millsap, who's been such a stout defender throughout his career, to have really high aspirations on that end of the floor. So we'll get to those guys' comments in full in a little bit. But first, we've got three questions from the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. I really appreciate it, guys. You are bringing it this week on the Fan Hotline. I will go ahead and get to those right now, starting with our guy Chris in Denver. Hey, it's Chris in Denver. Training camp is here. We're all really excited about this. And what's more is we're going to have MLB games, NHL games, NFL games, and NBA games all happen at the same time pretty soon. My question for you guys is a more granular question. 
what would you like to see the NBA take from the other three leagues, and what would you like to see the other three leagues take from the NBA? Uh, Firstly, I'd like to see the NFL take the NBA's uh, approach to scheduling. I think it's great that the NBA is trying to get rid of back-to-backs, give these guys a little bit more rest, and make sure that that the players are at their best when they're on the court. Um, You know, I I know the old school guys don't like it, but hey, I want to see the best at their best. Like, I think it's ridiculous that the NFL's uh, trying to get these Thursday night games, you know, when guys are on three days rest and at the same time trying to, you know, say they're protecting the players if he's roughing the pass or anything. I'd like to see the NFL add a second bye week. I think that would be a lot like the NBA schedule, get that second bye week in before these Thursday night games. And I'd also like to see the NBA take baseball's approach to technology. I know baseball gets labeled as the old man game, but uh, MLB.tv has long been the best streaming service, not only of the big four sports leagues, it's the best streaming service, period. It's up there with Netflix as far as what it does technologically and what it has available to users. Um, You know, the NBA is kind of labeled as the young, hip, and -and up-and-coming league, but they're dragging far behind what baseball does with technology, with dot TV, uh, with baseball advanced media, with pitch effects, with stat cast, and uh, all the technologies that they use. Uh, Curious your thoughts on this. Love the show. Keep up the great work, and go Nuggets. Thank you for the question, Chris, as always. And I agree with you. NBA League Pass as a product is god-awful. The MLB version, I've never owned it, but I trust what you're saying. I trust that it's state-of-the-art. I've heard from my friends who do have MLB League Pass or, or whatever it's called. They really enjoy it. NBA League Pass needs to step it up. I feel like the picture quality is getting better over the past couple of years, but it's slow. Sometimes it needs to buffer. The rewind and fast-forward options on the games absolutely sucks. It's not a good product, and... I really don't know why it's not better. You would think the league can take some steps as they've done with tons of other things to improve the fan experience to make it better. I don't know why it's so bad. But here's something I would like the NBA to take from both the NFL and Major League Baseball. How about a coach's challenge? Obviously, in the last couple minutes of games, Every debatable call gets reviewed, and even I can agree that's become a little ridiculous over the past couple of years with really every 50-50 call or every call that one team can convince a ref to replay, they'll go to replay on. But how about having a coach's challenge for the first three quarters and the first four quarters of the game outside of the final two minutes? How about a coach's challenge like they have in both the NFL and the MLB? I think that be a good addition uh, to the game but thank you so much for the question chris good stuff there let's go back to the fan hi mitch from melbourne australia here just calling uh with a question about the nugs um how do you think barton's role will change um obviously as the starting small forward but uh being a bit of a jack of all trades last year do you think he'll be doing any uh backup point guard duties uh especially with it out um love the show thanks bye Thank you, Mitch, for the call. And this is a great question, a relevant question, a very topical question. Because if you go on bsndenver.com right now, if you're not subscribed, bsndenver.com backslash subscribe. You can read our content for just $4.99 a month. 
if you want to pay month by month, or you can pay as low as $2 a month if you want to buy a three-year subscription. If you really don't like any of those prices, hit me up and I can give you a friends and family discount too. But there's an article up right now from training camp that I published Wednesday afternoon about Will Barton inside his decision to come back to Denver for less money. Yes, he had bigger money offers out on the table that he turned down. But in that article, I also looked at how his role is going to change now that he's a starter and also gave some context about Barton's just never ending quest to get firmly into the Nuggets starting five, which he finally got at the onset of this season. He will be a starter at small forward for this team this year. But I asked Barton about his ever-changing role, and I've asked Malone about it and just what to expect from him this coming season. And look, with Isaiah Thomas here, with Monte Morris here, Barton is going to play much more exclusively on the wing at the three where he's starting at the two than he did last year. If you remember last year, he played a ton of backup point guard early in the season. When Devin Harris got here at the trade deadline, he had to play there some more as Devin got up to speed with this Nuggets offense. And then at the end of the season, he was playing off the ball, but still played some backup point guard some. He's at his best when he's on the wing. Point guard isn't his natural position. He can do a fine job filling in there. He did a great job filling in there last year, but it's not his natural spot. The wing is. That's where he's better. And having Isaiah Thomas, having Monte Morris here will allow him to be that guy. Now... With Isaiah Thomas injured, I don't know how much he'll play this preseason. I don't know if he'll be ready for the regular season. The Nuggets like Monte Morris. They're comfortable with him playing point guard, playing backup point guard for their second unit. But there could be times, like Michael Malone said today when I asked him about it, that they need Will Barton of last year to be that guy and to be the backup point guard for this team. So, He's going to be playing much more on the wing than he did last year, but there could be times when they ask him to play backup point guard. And another point Michael Malone made was, and he's made this point throughout the week, there's a Will Barton, and then there's a Throw Barton. And Will Barton is the guy who the Nuggets need in their starting five. Throw Barton is who the Nuggets might need if Isaiah Thomas misses time and they need him to be that main playmaker, that main facilitator on the second unit. Will Barton with the starting five is a guy who's going to fit into the Nuggets read and react offense really well, not have seven dribble, eight dribble possessions where he dribbles the air out of the ball, then ISOs late in the clock for a shot. Not be the guy who walks the ball up the floor dribbles the ball for the entire possession, maybe takes a pick here or there and tries to create by himself. When he's in the starting five, the Nuggets can't have him playing like that. The Nuggets need him just to be another piece in the machine like Gary Harris's, like Nikola Jokic's, like Jamal Murray and like Paul Millsap are. That's who they need Will Barton to be when he's a part of the starting five. That's Will Barton. Now throw Barton, like I said, could be that guy that comes out and the Nuggets might need him to come out if Isaiah Thomas isn't good to go at the beginning of the season, if they need more of that playmaker, more of that score to man the second unit. So to sum that up, Will Barton's going to play much more on the wing than he did a year ago. His role on the wing is just to be another piece of the machine, another piece in the Nuggets' equal opportunity offense. Play unselfishly, play within himself, take what the defense gives him, and be generous with the ball. 
there could be some times, though, when they need the Will Barton of last season to really give that bench unit a jump, depending on Isaiah Thomas's status at the beginning of the season. Okay, we got one final question here on the BSN Denver Fan Hotline from Jeff in Thornton. This is Jeff from Thornton. My question is for Harrison Wind. Uh, Mr. Wind, uh, I have, you know, I heard your, your podcast yesterday and you were talking about how the team all has Mike, Michael Malone's back, therefore uh, that's a reason he wasn't fired and all that stuff, which is part, which I believe is partially true. However, what I would like to ask, know from you is, knowing that all of the, say, like the 2014 Golden State Warriors loved Mark Jackson, do you really feel that the, the, how the team likes Michael Malone is affecting his status as um, future coach of the Nuggets, or do you believe that the Nuggets are testing the waters to see how Malone does this year with the pressure of having being on a one-year deal and uh, having a team with playoff expectations? Thank you for very much, and I will take your answer off air. Thank you so much for the question, Jeff. I'll answer it off air, but I'll answer it on air too because the people probably want to know what I think here. Look, I think the comparison to Golden State is a fair one to make. Warriors players loved Mark Jackson. They stood by him those years in Golden State, and they were devastated. They were publicly disappointed when he got fired. And I think Nuggets players stand by Mike Malone here. More importantly, the Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Nicole Jokic core stand by him in a similar way here in Denver. Now, I don't think the core being behind and supportive of Michael Malone is the only reason why he came back. And there are a lot of other reasons why the Nuggets didn't fire him. They've improved every year. He's helped remake the culture here in Denver. And along with him and Tim Connolly, they've really transformed this locker room into a self-motivated one full of hardworking guys. And I think Malone is almost as every bit as responsible for that as Tim Connolly is, the guy who put the players in here. So there's a lot of reasons why the Nuggets held on to Malone through last summer. Now, heading into this season, obviously it's a huge year. It's the last year of his deal. But I have a feeling the Nuggets are very behind Michael Malone this coming year. And that's not just the players, that's the front office as well. And... I would not be surprised if he gets an extension early this season. Obviously, if the Nuggets get off to a great start, and I've said many times how I think the schedule shapes up in a way with them playing 10 their first 15 at home that the Nuggets could get off to a really good start. Maybe a 10-5 and five start, something like that. And if that happens, I would definitely expect them to get an extension early in the season. That extension could come later in the season. That extension could come at the end of the season. Of course, if they make the playoffs, I'm sure that's the course of action that the Nuggets front office and ownership would take, would be to give him an extension if he's able to get to the postseason. But I don't feel like that's necessarily the only option. I think it could happen at multiple points during the season. It could happen before the season. I think that's a scenario that could be in play as well. So it's going to be fascinating to watch, especially if that extension doesn't come early in the season, how Mike Malone coaches on the final year of his deal, the pressure that comes along with that and coupled with the pressure that's on the franchise to make the playoffs, it's definitely going to be a storyline all year until he 
gets that extension, I guess, if that happens this coming season. The the comparison with Mark Jackson is a really interesting one because, yeah, the players have Malone's back here just like they had Mark Jackson's back in Golden State. But you really got the feeling there is a lot of stuff behind the scenes, and there's been reporting to come out about just the dysfunction with Jackson and his assistants and just a lot of stuff that went on behind the scenes that was probably pushing that to go in that direction as well. Thanks for the question, Jeff. Thanks, everybody, for the questions. And if you're listening and you want to get in on the show with a question, hit the Total Beverage Fan Hotline, 1-800-BSN-8394 is the number you need to call, 1-800-BSN-8394. All it is, it's an answering machine, so leave your name, leave where you're calling from, leave a question or a take you got about the Nuggets or the League. I will answer it on Thursday show, or if you don't get it in in time, on Friday show. With that, let's go ahead and take our first break. On the other side, I'll get into what Michael Malone had to say on day two of Nuggets training camp. I'll be right back. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. I'm Harrison Wynn. Coming to you from San Diego, Nuggets had their second day of training camp Wednesday morning at San Diego State University. They got practice Thursday, Friday, Saturday. First game against the Lakers on Sunday right here in San Diego. I'll be here bringing you coverage throughout the week. And then, of course, over the weekend when Nuggets play their first game and into next week, too. Denver plays the Lakers again, this time in L.A. on Tuesday. I'll be there for that one as well. Mike Malone had some pretty interesting comments at practice today about everything from Monte Morris to how good he thinks the Nuggets defense could be this year, Juancho Hernan Gomez, what he's seen from him over the course of training camp so far. So let's take a listen to what Michael Malone had to say after day two of Nuggets training camp. I was just going to say, Nicole was off to the side kind of when we got let in here. Is, is he good or what was going on with him? Yeah, you know, he's, um, you know, we've had a very active gym all September, uh, as you guys all know. And uh, he just, you know, hit his, hit his finger a little bit. You know, nothing major, just being uh, cautious with it. So he's able to do some stuff today. And then we, we limited him in practice today, but uh, nothing serious by any means. I was going to say with... Um, but the continuity you have that you spoke about yesterday, and are you able to, or I guess with that, are you trying to do what you did last year at training camp in terms of what you were putting in with the defense and stuff this year? Yeah, I mean, it's for us, it's always um, addressing in the offseason what were our biggest concerns and weaknesses. Uh, how can we address those weaknesses and improve upon them as a staff? And then obviously working on things in practice to uh, – to shore up some of those deficiencies. And so obviously, uh, whether it's transition, whether it's defending the three-point line, one-on-one, whatever it might be, just making sure we have continued buy-in and commitment from everybody. And, uh, you know, I thought yesterday the energy was fantastic, but it was sloppy. Today was a, a marked improvement from yesterday. Great energy, but we did things with purpose. We did things with discipline on both ends of the floor. So I thought it was uh, it was a great day, too, for us today. With Paul healthy, think you could surprise some people with what you're able to do on the defensive end this year? You know, I go back to last season, and uh, I, I, well, yes, I do think so. And the reason I say that is because last year, first 15 games prior to an injury, we were in the top half of the NBA in defense. Um, end of the year, you know, we go 6-1 down the stretch. Our defense was terrific. Uh, obviously, and Paul's a big part of that, but my thing to all of our players is that 
it just can't land on Paul Millsap's shoulders. We all have to share in that responsibility. We all have to share in that uh, willingness to buy in and commit to be a better defensive team. And, uh, you know, it's, it's early, but I think our guys understand the importance of that uh, for us to be a playoff team. Like you went and spent time with Juancho in Spain. Um, what has just been his offseason like since, you know, obviously um, coming off the season that got interrupted a little bit? How's he looking? And just what have, you, what have your conversations been like with him as he gets ready for a big year? Yeah, obviously, um, you know, last year was not an easy season for Juancho. Uh, begin the year, you get mono, you miss uh, quite, a, quite a long stretch of time. You come back, having a hard time finding your, to get a rhythm back. So he was frustrated all summer, but that frustration motivated him to work, hit the weight room, and work on his game. Uh, and I went over to watch him with the national team in Malaga, play a game, practice, and just spend some time with him. And um, you know, he's in camp, he's working hard. I think right now, I think he's pressing a little bit. You know, uh, like if he, if he, he nobody's gonna outwork Wancho. He's an he unbelievable worker. But he's just almost got to, if I miss a shot, not let it be like, so much next play mentality. So I feel for him because I think he's frustrated a little bit, but Wancho's um, going to be fine. Uh, he has an unbelievable skill set. He's got a motor, he's got energy, and uh, I think he's going to have a great season for us. Yeah, Monte, man, he's, uh, he's had two great days. And that's not surprising because he had a great summer. So he had a tremendous summer league. Uh, He's down in Atlanta. He was in the gym in September. So uh, Monte continues to impress. I think if you asked all of his teammates about Monte, they would all say the same thing. Uh, he runs his team. He never makes any mistakes. Uh, and what I've been most impressed is that he has been shooting the ball extremely well and finishing at a high level. And uh, so he, he's had two really good days. Uh, but you know, tomorrow, the challenge is to come back and do it again and be even better tomorrow. So it could be obviously that he is the reserve point guard when the season starts. And I'm wondering, what does he need to, what do you need to see out of him to for you to be comfortable with him, you know, going into that role and when the season starts? Yeah, obviously uh, we have five preseason games. We have a, a lot more uh, practices within our training camp and preseason. So every day is an opportunity for him to show his teammates and the coaching staff that he is ready to be a backup point guard in the NBA. Um, you know, it's tough. You know, we always talk about skipping steps. He went from being a two-way player last year, to now he's on the roster. Uh, if we're healthy, he's our third point guard. But right now, guess what? You know, Isaiah is not ready to, to play at the moment. So it's an opportunity for Monte to, to show me that, hey, I can go out there, I can run your team, I can value the ball, I can make everybody better, and I can guard my position on the other end of the floor. And uh, what I've seen so far, Chris, obviously uh, we have a lot of time left before opening night against the Clippers, but uh, you know, he's off to a great start in trying to do that. In Denver Post, Gina's final column for the Post uh, talked about the coaching staff met over the summer and it's maybe going to change the emphasis in terms of protecting the paint versus kick out three-pointers. What, what does that change mean or what change of emphasis mean and what was it that led to that, that discussion? Well, I'll start with the last question. What led to it was being dead last in three-point shooting. <laughs> you know, uh, that, that's a, a glaring red mark against us and something that kind of uh, frustrated us, motivated us, because, uh, you know, you don't want to be last in anything, but especially in three-point defense, Adam, because the league is becoming a three-point league. Uh, this is the funny thing, and I showed this to our players in my presentation the other night. Uh, we're not that far away. What I mean by that, if we give up one less three per game, May three per game, 
we would have been third in the NBA in three-point shooting. So it's not like we're like, oh, geez, uh, we're, we're there. And we did a, a decent job of taking away some three-point attempts. Now the, 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 the challenge is to take away the 37.8%, whatever it was. Uh, and how do you do that? Those are things that we're working on right now, whether it be in pick and roll, in transition, in our closeouts. Um, it's tough to take away everything. If we want to make teams beat us with contested twos, eliminate layups and dunks, and make them, you know, run guys off the line when we can. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a change for us, but I think the guys understand the importance of being much better defending the three-point line this year. Um, yesterday I asked you about Will Barton moving into the starting lineup and, and what you kind of need to see from him there, and you said you need Will Barton, not Thrill Barton. So I'm just kind of curious, what's the difference between those two in your mind? Well, I think you already know the answer to that. I think we all know the answer. There's two different guys. It's like, you know, I have a little guy on my shoulder you know, <laughs> that, that I fight every day. And with that starting lineup, when you're out there with, you know, Jamal and Gary and Paul and Nicola, you know, we don't need the five, six, seven, eight dribble possessions. We don't need the, you know, uh, we get the defense rebound outlet and just waiting for the ball and coming back to the ball. And I tell you what, Will Barton in two practices has been phenomenal in terms of playing the game the right way, getting off of it. There haven't been those heavy dribble uh, possessions. He's running the floor and getting to the corner. He's not shortcutting it. So to me, he's shown maturity, he's shown commitment, he's shown discipline in terms of playing the game the right way. There will be times this year where we need him to be thrilled, and I mean that in all sincerity. You know, uh, with Isaiah Thomas not being ready to go right now, there are going to be times where Will, with maybe a bench unit, is going to have to be more aggressive. We'll put the ball in his hands to be that playmaker and a guy that looks to create for himself and for his teammates. But um, right now with that starting lineup, you know, just, you know, just move the ball, share the ball, get off the ball, and uh, run the floor, cut, finish your cuts, all those types of things, the little details. And uh, again, after two practices, he's done a really good job. So there's what Michael Malone had to say after day two of Nuggets training camp. The first thing off the bat, you're probably wondering about Jokic's health. Hasn't gone through full contact practice here at training camp yet. From what Michael Malone said, from what I heard, he banged his finger before training camp even started over the last week or so back in Denver. They just want to take it slow with him. Not a big concern, not something to worry about for Nuggets fans out there. Uh, he, he should be fine once the preseason rolls around and the regular season rolls around. Of course, I wouldn't be surprised if he practiced with contact on Thursday. We'll see what happens in day three of training camp. The defense was a big topic of today's practice and post-practice and and it's been a theme around this team and probably will continue to be a theme throughout training camp can this Nuggets defense surprise some people I've been on record saying I think there's reason that they can they were 26th overall per NBA.com last season if you look at what they did over the first 16 games of the year or so when Paul Millsap was healthy they were the 17th best defense in the league and I think they showed a lot over the first few weeks of the season, the first month of the season with Millsap healthy in the lineup that, hey, they can be a very league average defense with everybody healthy. Obviously, Millsap's their most important defender. When he's not healthy, you can't do a lot of things on the defensive end of the floor that you can do when he is healthy in the lineup. So he's the linchpin here. If Paul Millsap is healthy, if he's playing at a high level and he seems like he's really come into camp determined, you get the feeling that he 
is very pissed off about how last season went, obviously. And he's coming into camp with a certain demeanor about him that can't really be overlooked. It's pretty obvious just watching him from the little portions of practice that the media get to see. He's coming into camp with a purpose. So can this defense surprise some people? I think there's definitely a pathway to it doing just that. Like Michael Malone said at media day, it can't get much worse. And they're changing up things with the scheme. Like Malone said there that you just heard, they're trying to eliminate three pointers. They're trying to make some tweaks here and there, but from talking to guys, the sense you get, and you'll hear it when I play Paul Millsap's comments from after practice today in a second here, the sense you get talking to players is that a lot of this is going to come down to effort. It's a lot of what defense is. It's effort, effort, effort. And a lot of times Nuggets didn't have that last year. You go back and watch the film and it's just guys letting people go right past them and then saying to themselves, yeah, we'll just score on the other end. We'll get them next time. Great defenses don't do that. And for the Nuggets, a lot of it's just going to come down to effort. Can they give that consistent effort on the defensive end of the floor? If they do that at a higher clip than they did last year, there's a chance they can form a league average defense. If they do that, this could be a 50-win team. If they don't, they'll probably finish towards the bottom of the league again in defense and probably be a fringe playoff team like they were a year ago. So that's what's at stake for this team defensively. Monte Morris is going to be a fascinating storyline to watch throughout the rest of training camp and preseason, like Michael Malone said just there. I spoke about him a little on Tuesday's show, but with Isaiah Thomas's timetable kind of being up in the air right now, and I've really seen no indication that he could be back soon, Monte Morris is going to be thrust into a heavy role here with this team as Nuggets backup point guard. I'm talking, you know, 15, 20 minutes a night if this team was to play a regular season game with this lineup as currently constructed without. Isaiah Thomas, Monte Morris be the backup point guard. I think the Nuggets are confident with him in that role. I, I think they're comfortable playing him that amount of minutes. I think Michael Malone is confident with that. I think the front office is firmly behind Monte Morris. They trust him. His teammates trust him. He's had a pretty good couple days of practice from what I heard. So it's just going to be a situation to follow. It's going to be a fluid situation to watch all preseason long seeing where Isaiah Thomas is at and seeing how Monte Morris plays. So it's definitely going to be something to watch. You heard Michael Malone talk about Will Barton versus Thrill Barton. I spoke about that at the top of the show, answering our pal from Australia's question about what Barton's role is going to be this year. But that was a good answer from Malone. And the last thing I wanted to touch on here from Malone's comments was what he had to say about Wancho. Wancho's been a little banged up at the start of training camp here, trying to find his rhythm, pressing a little bit. And I like what Michael Malone said there. Wancho just has to have a short memory. If he misses a shot, he's got to forget about it. Take the next shot if it's open. Keep that confidence high because he's a real rhythm player. And I do get the feeling if Wancho gets a chance to be a fixture in this rotation, I do believe at some point early in the season he might get that shot he'll have the opportunity to run with it. So I'm excited to see him over the rest of the week. Uh, but he's in that competition, like I've spoke about many times, for minutes at backup small forward. Another interesting note from today's practice, when the media got let in for the final couple minutes of practice, the guys were in four different groups shooting three-pointers around the arc, just having a friendly competition. 
one of the groups was clearly, you know, your five men, Mason Plumley, Thomas Welsh, Emmanuel Terry, who's one of the training camp invites, and Paul Millsap was also in that group. You had your point guards, who were Jamal Murray, Monte Morris, obviously, Devon Akun Purcell was in that group too, and Donald Sloan. And then you had your two guards, Gary Harris, Malik Beasley, Will Barton was in that group, and Xavier Silas, another training camp invite. And then you had your small forwards group, or what I would label as the small forwards group. And it was, sure enough, Torrey Craig, Trey Lyles, Wancho Aaron Gomez, and Tyler Lydon. So if you're looking for proof that Trey Lyles might actually play some three there, I'd look at that observation from practice today. Let me go ahead and take a second break. On the other side, we'll get to what Paul Millsap had to say after day two of training camp. Some more notes on the defense. He has some pretty lofty expectations for this defense. We'll be right back. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. We're back here on the BSN Nuggets podcast. Harrison Wind here. Wednesday edition of the show. Before we jump into what Paul Millsap had to say after day two of Nuggets training camp, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. You already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado, but now they're delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. So if you download the Total Beverage app right now and use the promo code BSN10, you get $10 off your order. It's promo code BSN10 on the Total Beverage app for 10 bucks off your next liquor delivery order. Check them out at Total Beverage. All right, without further ado, let's get into what Paul Millsap had to say after day two of Nuggets training camp. Um, I just want to ask you about what the focus of practice has been these first couple of days. I know Coach was saying defense, so has it been pretty defense heavy? Yeah, it starts with defense, um, ends with defense. Um, we know what our offense is capable of. Now it's about getting the defense down and um, staying locked in on that end. With the continuity that you guys have on this roster, I mean, bringing back a lot of guys from last year, is what you're doing on defense now pretty much what you, know, you were putting in last year at training camp? Um, yeah, in some tweaks. Um, but just getting everybody on the same page, you know, getting the guys out there that's going to play and um, getting a good chemistry on the defensive end with those guys. What are maybe some of the tweaks from, from last year? Um, just minor tweaks, you know, um, rotational stuff. But um, that's not our main focus. You know, the main focus is going to be extra effort, um, multiple efforts. You know, I, I believe with the team that we have, we get around and um, scramble, you know, get guys off the line, um, rebound and run. You know, I think we can be one to stop to do it. 
How good do you think the defense could be? You think it could surprise some people? Um, I've always aimed high. <laughs> you know, so, um, you know, I'm always looking to, to crack in the top five of defense. You know, I've been part of some really good defensive teams. And, um, I want to say it's hard to do, but it's really not. You know, as you get guys locked in on the same page um, and staying disciplined throughout the course of the year, you know, you, you can be a top five defensive team. So. That's my goal personally. You know, I'm not sure what coach want to be, but um, personally, you know, I, I want this team to be top five. Can multiple efforts be drilled? Can you do things in practice that, you know, just a habit? Yeah, everything's based off of habits. You know, I, if we drill those habits um, and we, we drilling guys not stopping on one or two possessions um, and continue to make the, the, the necessary um, plays and get a rebound, you know, you can enjoy that. You know, that, that can be a habit that you create going into the season. How much easier is it for you this year, just in terms of hit the ground, you know what you're doing, you can hit the ground running, the team can hit the ground running? A lot easier. You know, it's, you know, last year was a whirlwind, you know, coming from the East Coast, <laughs> um, coming here to this, uh, this offense and this continuity. Is, I mean, it's, it was completely different. So um, last year was a whirlwind. You know, mentally and uh, obviously physically. Uh, physically. Um, so I'm, I'm able to get out here now and be free, knowing the plays, and just get out there and play basketball. And the starting part, the starting five as well. Looks like the chemistry is already there, and you can kind of start at a different space this year than you could. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've been under this, this team's belt for a year, and um, I know what every guy's capable of doing and, and what their roles are. And, uh, it makes it easier on myself to fit in more. Uh, so having that year definitely helps. At your introductory press conference, you talked about playing more aggressive defense, and that was part of coming over here that you wanted to that. Does it seem like you guys are getting back towards that aggressive style? Because if you got hurt, it seemed like it kind of slowed down. You started dropping a little bit more things along that nature. Yeah, it's, it's about setting the tone. You know, set the tone early how we want to play on the defensive end. And then, you know, let's get up in guys and crowd them and um, make them make tough decisions and run them off the three-point line. Um, I think we're setting those habits now, and we stay with it. The guys that we have, you know, we, we have the athletic ability and the smarts on the defensive end to uh, be a really good defensive team. Well, what's your impression of Wancho, how Wancho has, has looked? Obviously, kind of had some of the issues last year, but now coming in healthy, fresh. What was your thought? Yeah, he's still getting his rhythm. You know, he's. Um, I think he's been a little hurt, banged up, you know, for the past few weeks. So him getting out here is just getting him getting his rhythm. But uh, Wanto, you know, can be a big part and a big piece of our um, our team and offense. You know, if he can get in with his length, he can cause some problems on the defensive end. And uh, we all know what he's capable of doing on offense. So what I'll say about Millsap is I'll kind of echo some comments I said in the previous segment. You definitely get the feeling that he's coming into training camp extremely focused. Talking with him, talking with people around the team, you hear that he was obviously really pissed off about how last year went, the injury, coming back at the end of the year, not really being able to use his left hand, pretty much playing one-handed down the stretch for Denver as he tried to help them back into the playoff hunt and make the postseason. He comes into this year really determined. He wants to make a statement. He wants to have a bounce-back year. He wants to prove that he's not the player he was last year. And let's be honest, for Paul, that's going to start on the defensive end of the floor. That's where he takes the most pride in and whatnot. So you hear him say, yeah, my goal is for this team to be a top five defense in the league. I really believe that deep down he believes they can be the 
fifth or fourth or third or second or first best defense in the league. I think he believes that. Now, is that attainable with this roster and how they want to play in an ideal world, I guess? But I think a much more realistic goal for them is to be league average. And that probably means anywhere from like 12th overall defensively to 18th overall defensively. If they fall into that sweet spot, that's going to set this team up really well when it comes to jockeying for playoff position later in the year. I think it's great that Paul Millsap has those aspirations. He's putting something like that out there to motivate his guys, motivate his teammates to play inspired on that end of the floor because for him, that's where it starts on the defensive end. So I like him putting that out there. We'll just have to wait until we get into regular season mode late in the preseason slate to see if that stuff translates on the court. Like I said, the Nuggets are switching some things up with their scheme, trying to eliminate three-pointers, trying to play the pick-and-roll differently. I would guess that you're probably going to see them play the pick-and-roll more aggressively like they did at the beginning of last season when Paul was healthy. And then you saw when he went down, they kind of reverted to a more conservative style, a more traditional style, I'll call it, of defending the pick-and-roll. I anticipate they'll start the season how they started last season, playing the pick-and-roll more aggressively on the defensive end. But for this team, I really do think it's going to come down to effort on that end of the floor. Can they just play a more inspired brand of defensive basketball? That's what it's going to come down to with this team, I believe, on defense. And the last thing I'll say about Millsap and his comments after the second Nugget training camp practice here on Wednesday is that he mentioned last year was a whirlwind and he kind of said it in the sense that, yeah, it was a whirlwind because of the injury and rehabbing from that and coming back at the end of the year. It was just such a crazy year for me. I've never had an injury like that. Obviously, I think the most impactful or major injury Paul had had up until last season was like knee tendonitis, something like that. So for him to have such a major injury, it was certainly a shock to his system. But I remember talking to Paul at training camp last year, and the Nuggets had a shorter training camp last year. I believe it was like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday slate, and they might have played their first preseason game on Saturday. That's just from my recollection. It might have gone a day longer or whatnot, but I remember Paul saying last season that training camp felt rushed. It felt like they were trying to implement so many things at once. And part of that might have been because they were, but obviously part of that was because Paul was coming from an entirely different system in Atlanta into Denver where, you know, you might have thought Atlanta played a free-flowing style, but still, this is the Western Conference. It's at a totally different pace to what they play in the East. I really believe that. And so... He said last season at training camp, things felt rushed in terms of implementing the offense, implementing the defense. Now, even though he didn't play last year, he's already comfortable with the system. The Nuggets know what they're doing on offense. You get the feeling they know what they're doing on defense, too. So I just think from that perspective, he's not going to feel like it's such a whirlwind this time around. That's all the time I got for today, guys. I appreciate you listening, of course. Let me know what you think on the Total Beverage Fan Hotline about how this team is shaping up as we get into the second half of training camp here, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Hit up the Total Beverage Fan Hotline if you have questions about the show, 1-800-BSN-8394. 
1-800-BSN-8394. And I'll talk with you guys on Thursday.